Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, are you ready to start 2024 inviting God's plan and purposes into your life? Well, like so many Bible study mentors, Sarah Fraser found herself saying, God, this was not part of the plan. I did not sign up for this. When life's twists and turns led to heartache, disappointment, and disillusionment. Through the life of Moses and personal experiences, Sarah speaks directly to the Christian whose story shift has left them feeling uncertain and disappointed. She helps them cling to God's presence and promises. And we're going to talk about that today and reminder that he has good things for them. So welcome, Sarah. I'm so honored to have you here on the Make Life Matter podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. I'm excited about um, this conversation. Me too. We have a mutual friend and uh-huh. she introduced us. I'm so grateful that she did. But I would love to just learn a little bit more about you and let my listeners know about you. Uh, this is your very first book, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. The Lord is so kind and good. I started my writing journey probably 10 years ago, just Mm. had that dream in my heart and through a lot of twists and turns, but really just staying on the path and doing the the next thing and just following all the steps. I I finally have this book in my hand and I just see the goodness of God. Mm. And this necessarily isn't, it wasn't necessarily my original book idea, but over the course of 10 years, you can imagine all the twists and turns that happen in our life. The Lord really placed this message on my heart a few years ago, and I um, am grateful and completely humbled that he would ask me to write about this. So Mm. um, yeah, it's been a journey. Well, I love it. We're going to dig into it. And the, the name of the book is I Didn't Sign Up for This, How to Rest in God's Goodness, when your story shifts. So we're going to lean into that, the shifts of life. It's a big shift. It's a new year. So there's hardly any bigger shifts than that. But what a wonderful opportunity to lean into the goodness of God, the promises of God, his presence. But I want to talk a little bit about you. You're a Bible study mentor. You have a missionary background. I want to hear all about that. So can you share some of your story and how these came to be your passions in life? Yes. So I am a wife. We've been married for um, 18 years. And then my husband and I, we have five children. Mm. Uh, Three are biological and two were adopted from China. And so um, we have a very busy household. The oldest is 15 and the youngest is eight. So all those ages in between, we are, we're currently in a new house and a new city uh, close to where we used to live when we lived in the States. And then, but we just moved back from the mission field uh, last year. We were in Central America for two and a half years. My husband is a physician, but he helped get a surgical center up and running um, mm. in the country of Honduras. So I love that. two and a half years there. Um, crazy thing. And I talk about this in the book is the Lord moved us actually down there. We ended up moving down there January of 2020. Mm. So you can just imagine two oh. and a half months later, all of our plans for everything just kind of fell apart. Wow. And so the, through a lot of that unexpected, this book came out, I began to 
really dive into the story of Moses. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons I chose him was there is a Psalm, Psalm 90, and mm. it is written by Moses. Mm. And it, the very first verse says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. Yes. And here I was in this new country, in this new atmosphere, and I just didn't feel at home. Um, and the Lord gave me that verse and I just began to meditate on it. I began to think about Moses and how he never quite fit in or had a home. And then even at the end of his life, he, he didn't enter the promised land. And a lot of people believe that he wrote this Psalm at the end of his life where he knew he wouldn't Mm. enter the promised land. And in the, that whole Psalm, there's verses about being contentment, being content and being satisfied And I thought, I've got to study, how did this man go from, you know, the, the baby in the basket that we all remember his story to, um, being content in ultimately his story, it doesn't get neatly wrapped up in a bow. And Mm -hmm. so, um, that kind of led me on that journey as, as we were on the mission field, but also leaving the mission field. The Lord knew that we would be leaving. We didn't know at the time that we would only serve two and a half years. And um, all of that transition, the Lord really, um, the truths of the scripture, we were just living out. Mm. Well, I love that, Sarah. And I love the fact that, you know, there's so many things we can't control in life. And that was one of them. I had a car accident at the beginning of 2020. I was the last emergency surgery before COVID shut down even our hospitals here. And uh, it just made me think of that when you were talking that we can't always control what life is going to bring. We don't know what 2024 is going to look like. We certainly hope it's not another pandemic, but the reality is we just don't know. We don't know what life is going to bring. And so if we wait to kind of have our heart prepared, our mind prepared, as you talked about our contentment in uh, its rightful place in our lives, if we wait until everything is neatly in place, it's it's likely never going to happen. And uh, so I love the fact that you allowed the Lord to work in your life through a very unexpected shift in your own life and see something extraordinary come through it. And and now we hold this book in our hands because you allow the Lord to do that. And I think that's such a good reminder for us as we move into 2024. Okay, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I need to be mentally, emotionally, but most of all, spiritually prepared for whatever those interruptions, and I'm putting that in air quotes if you're if you're watching this, because we don't like interruptions, right, Sarah? I mean, they feel intrusive. They feel disruptive. So talk a little bit about interruptions, because that's another theme that's present in your book and how we can handle that, especially if, you know, we face that this year. What what encouragement can you give us to go through that and to embrace an interruption as God's invitation? Well, I think we can first identify that there's the little interruptions of life, like uh, my car broke down, Mm -hmm. you know, for, you know, a couple of weeks, a half, you know, that's that's an interruption or we have these really big moments of interruption. And that's kind of where I'm kind of going with my book and the kind of focus that I have, you know, it's those, those diagnosis moments, Um, maybe a death, Um, whether we were expecting it or not. I mean, Mm. death is the, the great interrupter. I remember hearing a song once that said, you know, her husband had passed away and 
the line was, and she still had things to say after 70 years. Mm. And I thought no matter how long you've known someone, you know, it, you know, we know that grief and death, that's just the, the biggest interrupter um, for us and for our family, certainly leaving the mission field in the way that we did was just um, a great interrupter. Uh, we came home, we didn't have a house, we didn't have a car, we didn't have a job, we didn't have, wow. we didn't have anything. And the Lord um, was able to use that time to reveal himself to us. And I'll tell you, like you said, being prepared for those interruptions, for me, what it looked like was that simple, very simple act of just being in his word every day. Hmm. Um, I think just having that as a habit in my life, I was able to, even though those interruptions, they don't feel good. Right. They are sometimes very hurtful. Um, and there might be lots of tears and lots of questions for God in those moments. But if we've set up this foundation where I'm going to read my Bible every day and I'm going to try to pray to God every day, hmm. regardless of how I feel, regardless of how I feel, I'm going to do this act. I don't think that reading our Bible on a daily basis um, when we don't feel close to God is hypocritical. Right. I think it is a discipline that we do, like we get up and for those that exercise every day, I'm, I'm working on it. You know, that's something that I work on, but for some people, that's just what they do. It's mm-hmm. just something they do, whether they feel like it or not, they know. And that's how I see Bible reading and prayer, because not every day you're going to feel great. Right. Right. But if you have that practice already set up, you're able to, um, meet with God on a daily basis, even when your feelings are all over the place. That's so good, Sarah, because if th- that's the preventative medicine we're talking about here. You mentioned your yeah. husband being a physician. If we wait, you know, we sh- should be taking our vitamins and doing all the things that we know to do. If we wait until we're in crisis mode, you can still hear in my voice, I'm getting over being really sick. And you know, you land in the doctor's office when you're not feeling well, when something's going wrong, that's an interruption. It was a huge interruption for me over the last couple of weeks, but the preventative part that you're talking about prepares our hearts, the Bible reading, the prayer. That's why we're such big advocates of reading the word of God. Yes. Are there days you're not going to feel like it? It might feel dry. It might feel like you didn't get anything quote unquote out of that day. Not that you're reading to get out of it. You're reading because of who God is and to know him more. But Sarah, you, you, you mentioned something that I want to lean into a little bit because I I've said this, I've heard other Christians say this and maybe we're hearing it, but we don't know how it happens because this book talks about God's goodness and how we can see God's goodness. And you mentioned such great things, staying in prayer, staying in Bible reading, being prepared But when these dark circumstances happen, you just said God revealed himself. I was able to see him reveal himself through it. So for someone who's saying, yeah, I'm going through a tough circumstance, I don't see God in it. I don't see his goodness in it. Speak to that for us because he is still good. So that means somehow there's a disconnect between his character and what we are seeing or feeling or experiencing. So I'd love for you to help us with that. Yeah. So um, for me, simply looking around and it, we could talk about gratitude. We could talk about the blessings in our life, but sometimes 
all we see are all the negative aspects. Right. And what I've had to do in my mind is kind of force myself to say there, there is goodness here. Like just state it as a fact and look around for it. So for instance, when we moved back, we had to live with my parents for a few months. And what we didn't know is that she had, and she didn't know this was going to be happening either, but she had prepared two of her empty rooms for the kids to when they come visit. My brother has kids and I have kids. Mm. And so she had decorated the room. She bought new beds. She bought comforters. Like she had painted the rooms and got new carpet. Like she just put that as a project for, you know, several months. She and my dad worked on updating these rooms for just when we were visiting, right? Mm. Little did she know that those rooms would, that's where my kids would be. And so when we moved in, I just saw that as one of God's goodness in that situation. They had their room, like our two girls shared and our three boys shared a room Mm. and they were, they, they were special. They were new. They were exciting. And, um, those little things, there's a teacher at the school that they're at. This is a brand new school. And, um, we've always homeschooled for a very long time and they're going to a private school. And I've told this story before, but I love it so much. The third grade teacher there used to teach at a different school where my boys had gone before we moved to the mission field. And she had since moved to this new school and she was going to be teaching our youngest. And she looked at him and he's adopted from China. And it was during that time that he was being adopted that she had one of our sons in her class. And so she looked at him and she said, um, I'm so glad you're going to be in my class. She said, I remember when you came home from China and he, if anybody knows my son, he is so proud that he was adopted from China. I mean, it was like a source of pride in him. He loves oh. the China. He loves everything, I love everything it. Chinese. It's <laughs> just the sweetest little thing. And mm. his face just beamed when she said that. And I thought, there's another thing. So when we're feeling like this is bad and this is bad and we don't have this and we don't, this is wrong. And this, I think taking a step back and saying, what is good in this Mm. season? Maybe it's something super simple, like my neighbor moved in and maybe there's an opportunity for me to minister to them. Or maybe, you know, the Lord provided something that you didn't realize you even needed. (laughs) Um, I think that those little things we can see God's goodness, but also just shifting our minds and saying, God is good. Right. Like we might not be able to see it. We might not be able to feel it, but knowing that he's good and also realizing that a lot of life is lived in seasons. Mm. So even if a season feels really long, Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years. Mm. And um, I think he found God in that season, in that quiet season. And so look for God in the pages of his word, in the stories that you see in scripture, where God showed up for people. And then I think just looking for those little things that you think, well, that's really minor or but just cling to those and say, you know, God, God made of, he worked that out for you, mm. he worked out these situations for you. And so, That's um, so good. yeah, I have a good friend, Dr. Jody Dietrich. She's been here on the podcast before and um, she went through a rough season where um, an infection 
said in her eyes, you know, they lost her eye. It was just such, oh, talk about interruption, like a year long. Um, and so I recently had her on Zoom with some of my women in leadership at our church and where my husband and I passed her. And she shared um, some of her story and she just framed it very similarly to what you just said. And this is what she ended with. And it was so impactful for our women is, you know, to recognize God's goodness. And she said she would physically stop and say, you know, this has happened today. <clears throat> this is God's goodness to me. Yeah. This is God's goodness to me. And so I think that's a, that's a intentionality of looking for God's goodness, knowing that he's good. Let's just settle that. He's good yeah. because that's the enemy's tool that he tries to use as lie. When things happen, disappointments, interruptions, disillusionment set in. And then just like in the garden, the enemy says, you know, did he really say this? Is he really as good as you think he is? You know, look how good he is to Sarah, but he's, he's not being good to you. So we, we inadvertently put God's character on trial and we decide that he's not good because of a circumstance that we're walking through. So if we, we have to settle in our hearts, God is good. It's his character. It's his nature. And he is good to me. So what you're reminding us of, look for his goodness, articulate his goodness. Yeah. How has he been good to you, even in situations that we don't like or we don't understand? So I love that. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about a little bit here, Sarah, as we start 2024, you have these four P's that are woven through the thread of this book. I love it. So we, we want to say goodbye. We've said goodbye to a year. For some of us, 2023 was great. For some of us, it was bitter. It, it could be a, a, a mixture of things, which it typically is. But as we start this new year, how can we really say goodbye to the disillusionment that sets in with some of these things that we've talked about? And how can we invite God's plan, his presence, his promises, his purpose, even if you just want to take one of those P's? Um, and how can we really invite them and live in that posture as we start this new year? Yeah, that's a great question because when we think about that transition, we we always try to reflect and look ahead, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to say what happened and what's going to happen. And I'm going to talk about plan because maybe you don't set goals or resolutions. Maybe you set plan. Like this is my mm -hmm. plan for the year. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at what my plan was the previous year and I get really discouraged because it didn't go as planned. My right. plan, plan didn't. But God has a plan. And I I think I say this in the book, but I love this idea that God's plans are not written in pencil. Mm. So I fill out my calendar in pencil because I know that things change and I'll that have to erase true. and shift things over. But God's plans, the Bible is clear. It's set in heaven. It's like permanent on stone in pen. Mm -hmm can't change his plan. So even though your plans last year might not have gone exactly what you really wanted or thought they would go, God's did. So that brings us comfort in knowing that what he wanted for us happened, even, even, oh, this is so hard, hmm. even the hard things. Yeah. yeah. And so as we look ahead, that gives us some hope because hmm. we know that God's plan is going to be accomplished. Yes. In 2024. So we can trust that he's going to lead us. I am so bad about second guessing myself. Mm -hmm. I make a decision and then I think that I did this morning. I was driving my kids to school and I thought, did we make the right decision sending them 
to the school or that. And mm. I thought, where's that coming from? We weren't having issues. We weren't having problems. Everything was great. Um, I'm a little more stressed right now with school, but it nothing was bad. And I thought, I'm just second guessing my own decisions, but mm. really I'm not trusting that God is going to lead me. And if I'm Good. in his word and I'm in prayer, I am working on my relationship with God, not that it's perfect, not that I'm, you know, arrived, but if I'm working on my intimacy with him and I need to trust that he's going to lead me, right. I'm going to trust that he has a plan and it's going to be good. There were things that probably happened last year that were not good, but there were good things too. And like we said, I think we need to be intentional for looking them, but also knowing that God has good plans for us. Yes. There's some, uh, 31, I think it's verse 19 says, you have goodness stored up for us. Mm. And I just imagine driving out the Midwest and seeing all those barns filled with grain. Mm. That's how I picture it. I think each of those little kernels of corn are, is something good. God has planned for us. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and I just need to start looking for that because there is so much, he's stored up. That's what it says, stored up for us. Mm. He, He is not. He is not just saying, okay, well, I'm going to give you a little goodness, but then you've got to endure this or maybe, no, it's stored up. It's abundant. And there's lots of verses that talk about the abundance that God has for us. And so, like I said, I think that when we think about saying goodbye to one year and the next year, we can have comfort knowing that God's plan didn't fail. Even if we feel like ours did. And also he has a plan for us and it's going to be good because he's good. That's so good, Sarah. I was even thinking to put a three by five card on my mirror that just says, help me to see your plan today. Because again, there's the confidence that he has a plan. He is good. We're just going to go ahead and settle that. We know you have a plan, God. I don't always see your goodness. I don't always recognize your goodness, but help me to see it. Help me to recognize your goodness. I love that visual you gave us, Sarah, of just picturing his goodness stored up. And that just made me think how much, how many times do we not access his goodness? Because we don't choose to see it. We don't choose to open those barn doors and see the abundance of goodness that he has for us because we are focused on the negative or um, discontent or walking through a dark season where it's just difficult to see what he can be doing. Even last weekend fighting this um, virus, it settled in my back and I had so much low back pain. I thought maybe I even had a kidney stone or uh, just something more sinister. And so it landed me in the ER on a Sunday, which is really what you want to do is spend your entire day on a Sunday in the ER. Ended up being none of those things. But Sarah, I sat there surrounded by people that were in so much pain. You know, one had just had a seizure. She had collapsed. She was scared. Um, another one, uh, I, I don't know what was going on, but it was obvious he was in tremendous amount of distress emotionally, mentally. And I, I just felt like this is my 10 minutes from my home. And this yeah. here I am not feeling well. I'm here because I'm physically sick as well, but I could see the pain around me and I could, I could feel the despondency and some of the, and, and I just started to even feel for the people working there, you know, the doctors and nurses there day in, day out, really in a, a sense, a mission field to love and, and give compassion to those that are hurting. And so I was able to, in my own pain, take a moment and just pray for those. I, I didn't do it audibly. I was doing it in my own heart and mind, but 
and I'm not tuning my horn. Trust me, I've had my own really bad moments when you don't feel good. But my point in saying that is looking for God's goodness, looking for an opportunity to be his hands and feet, his voice, his comfort, even in our own difficulty. One of the best things we can do when we're going through a difficult season is to be others minded. Statistically, that's even proven if you suffer a loss, um, is to, to do something that, that, that is forward thinking, that is others thinking it will lift you up out of those places of, of maybe feeling hopeless. And we don't want to say we're feeling sorry for ourselves, but we can all get there. Right. Sarah, where we just feel like, why did this happen to me? And what's going on with me? And we have to take intentional steps. And I think that's the word that I'm hearing as we're talking today, Sarah, is being intentional in 2024, intentional about, the way we're doing our Bible reading, the way we're approaching our relationship with the Lord. I, I don't even want to say do our Bible reading. As I said that, that's not even what I mean, because there again, we can frame it as a duty, right? Well, I did it today. But what Sarah's encouraging is you're not always going to wake up and feel like, yay, I get to spend 45 minutes in the word and prayer. Some days it is like, I'm going to do this because I know I'm, I'm sowing into what God is doing in my life. And I want to know God more. I want to find God in the circumstances of life. I want to see him revealing himself and I want him to use me in, in the lives of others. And so your, your own preparation and heart time is going to set you up for that. So I just want to encourage you, Sarah, you offer a a free resource on your website that I saw about helping people understand the Bible as well as your brand new book. Um, I didn't sign up for this. So tell us how people can find you, find your new book, find your free resources. Yes. Yeah, so just go to my website. It's actually Sarah E. Fraser, F-R-A-Z-E-R. Um, and my middle name is Elizabeth. So Sarah E. Fraser.com. Uh, you'll see a place to put in your email and your name, and that will send you the free workbook that I have. It's like a 20-page workbook that just kind of gives you this overall picture of what the Bible is about and how to break it up into mm. different sections and what what's the one story the Bible is telling, what are the different genres in the Bible. And I just kind of, if you're feeling really overwhelmed with the Bible, because it's a big book and you don't even know where to start, I think starting with these basics is really helpful and it's free and you can sign up for it. And then you have my email address. Um, I'll send it to you from my email and you can always reply to that. And I love to talk with readers about, you know, any questions they have or anything like that. Mm. And then uh, my book is also available on my website. You can, you can find that as well. If you're interested in my book. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What a great way to start 2024 is resting in God's promises, trusting his plan. All right, God, help me see your plan. We're not going to look at corn the same way, Sarah. Yeah. We're going to grab that <laughs> that corn on the cob. Now we're going to be thinking about how much goodness, how much yeah. goodness God has stored up for us. I love that. I'm going to take that with me throughout my day. And, yeah, and uh, Sarah's going to pray for us in just a moment. But Sarah, I might know your answer to this. It might be Moses. And we didn't deep dive a lot into his life today. Um, we've talked so much about resting in the promises and the goodness of God for this new year. But other than Jesus, who is the person that most inspires you to make life matter? Is it is it Moses or is there someone else that resonates with you? Um, so I love Moses and that would be probably the answer I should have because mm. I wrote a whole book on his life. <laughs> um, so I do love Moses and he definitely, he has the verse in Psalm 90, 14 that says, number your day, make your days count basically. Sure. 
um, and your days do count for eternity. But um, another character in the Bible, another person, she's not just a character in a story, she's a real person, was Naomi mm. in the book of Ruth. And her journey from bitterness to joy in those four little chapters of the book of Ruth, I, I've read a lot about the book of Ruth and I just love listening to people talk about it. And someone even suggested that the book should be called Naomi because it's really her story and wow. how she, you know, the change that happens in her life. And um, of course, Ruth is, is the, is also in there, but I really would love to talk. I can't wait to talk to Naomi mm. and just say what, you know, what really was like, how, how did that process go? And, um, so I love her story and I love her as a, as a, as a person and I can't wait to meet her. So mm. yeah, maybe there's another book in you, Sarah. Maybe, I, I, maybe I, been, I, I, uh, I'm taking a break right now from, I don't blame you. He said, you have if you read the book, it's, it's like having a baby. You're like, yeah, no, I another baby right away. I need let, me, to- let me wean this child first. Right? Yeah. Give me a minute. Yeah. But I love that about her because we read four short chapters. It probably didn't feel like four short chapters for her. Oh, it was a several huge- years of grief and yes. heartache and, you know, yeah. she lost so much, but then the Lord restored um, mm. at the end. And so she's just a, a great picture of salvation and redemption and what, the possibility God has to do with a life. I just think that that is just really powerful. I love it. I love it. And what a great place to to kind of land on today, Sarah. Thank you so much for your obedience. Thank you for helping us know the word, love the word. I'm a Bible girl through and through. And, uh, and so more than anything, we want people here to apply the Bible to their everyday life and know that God loves them and he's speaking to them. And the primary way he speaks is through his word. So dig into his word in this new year, grab Sarah's new book and grab her free resource. And I'm going to use that with some of our young adults who, who are still learning how to really dig into the Bible. What a great resource, Sarah. So thank you for being here. I would love to invite you to just pray of our listeners as we close today. Thank you, Angela. Dear Lord, I just come to you with gratitude for all that you are. Um, I think of all your characteristics and how your loving kindness and goodness is right there at the top. Um, And I just pray for those who are listening right now who might be struggling to see that part of your character. Uh, Open their eyes, Lord, through the pages of your word as they read those words that you wrote um, for us, that we can know you, Lord. I just pray that you will reveal your kindness and goodness to them today, that they will be intentional with seeking out those good things that you have put in their life. I just pray for um, this podcast that um, it will uh, reach those that need it needs to reach, Lord. I pray for um, those who are listening that you will just be with them today. And thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your love for us, Lord. We just praise you for all of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at AngelaDonatio.com Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.